Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows, new movies, and all new seasons of your faves. Don't miss FX's Clipped, the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. Then catch the high-speed drama Ferrari, starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. By hook or by crook, Garrett Wilson has been able to get at least 17 fantasy points in four of the past six with Zach Wilson. Firstly, great usage of by hook or by crook. That's the first one in a while. Me yep. and Connor enjoyed that one. Have you never heard that phrase? No, I have. Me, I've say? heard it plenty of times. Right. But yeah. Just, just from yeah. old people? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. From the Joe Flacco's of the world. Yeah. <laughs> I'm older than Joe Flacco. What's going on here? Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Javon Holland, just quickly. He the has... issue is, is you you have a youthful appearance <laughs> to you, Lawrence. I, I look older than Javon Holland. The issue is, like, you and I might be the same age. I just look older <laughs> dirt. And you have a youthful appearance to you. It's very upsetting. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour and a happy love hate day. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry and Jay Croucher. A lot of laughs yesterday. Yeah, we always have a lot of fun, uh, especially <laughs> on Wednesdays. It's a little bit of a looser show. I, it is upsetting, though, because I – look, I get it. I'm not saying I'm young. I'm definitely not a young man. But I'm not as old as I look. I definitely look <laughs> older than I actually am. No, and the truth – like, you guys, we recently, the three of us and our better halves all went to dinner. Sure. And so you guys got to meet my wife for the first time. Yes. And so, like, my wife – when my wife and I are out in public – Everyone's just like, oh, Barry, who's your daughter? You know what I mean? She's older than me. That's my wife is six months older than me. And anyone that looks at the two of us can't believe that she, because my wife is a genetic freak of nature, whereas I am whatever the opposite of that is. Yes. You would set the line at 10 and a half years age difference. Right. Yeah. That Beth would be uh, favored uh, to be younger. Yeah, correct. And you'd be wrong, but that's, that's what sucks. So, I mean, whatever. It just, I just, you know, I just, I look old. I've looked, by the way, I've looked old for like 15 years. (laughs) Like, uh, I've looked the same age. Like, if you look at old photos of me, you're like, oh, you look old there, too. Well, speaking of your look, are we I ready to talk about this hoodie? <laughs> what are you, what are you Daniel story. Craig? What the I hell is this? Bit, I listen, um, all I know is when I went into my dressing room today, that's right, when I went into my dressing room this morning, Stephanie, who uh, helps us out with wardrobe here. You. Well, yeah, I mean. The, Stephanie's phenomenal, <laughs> but I decline for this. I just show up dressed. You, you just yeah. show up dressed. Yeah. That's right. I need help. And Stephanie, God bless her, is gracious enough to help. And so, anyway, this was hanging in there. And I'm like, that looks cool. And so we wear it. Here's what's exciting. Here's what's exciting about this outfit. Because it's, it's kind of cool. And it's nothing I would ever wear Very on my shiny own. zip. It's, there's a shiny zip. I, <laughs> you want to put something in there? Here's what's exciting about this particular uh, shirt. So, um, I forgot. So, I, I spent last night here in Stanford. Because I always, Wednesday nights, I spend in a hotel room. I just, I write love, hate all night. And so I forgot, and so tonight is the NBC Sports Holiday Party. Yes. Yes. And so um, 
uh, as a result of that. And so that is one of the reasons why, by the way, people are wondering, like, hey, who drinks for free? Well, the answer is we do. We drink for free on the <laughs> company dime. Literally, we do. The three of us and everyone here at the happy hour are going to get there one minute before it opens and stay up until it closes. Like, you know, it's an open bar. So, you know, like, let's, uh, let's get our money's worth here. Uh, you know, it's, it's like free popcorn Wednesdays, except, you know, one night a with year alcohol. with booze. Uh, anyway, so we all drink free. And so my point is, is that I forgot to pack something for the party tonight. I'm not going to be able to go home. I live like an hour, hour and a half, hour and a half away from Stanford, Connecticut, where we, where we shoot this every single day. So I'm wearing this yeah. to the holiday party tonight. Thank you, Stephanie. Yeah, now, I'm double dipping. That's right. Now you can go to the party looking like yeah. Daniel Craig in Quantum of Solace. <laughs> that's fine. He was a badass in that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. It's a good sweatshirt. I it can't, is good. I, I can't oh, make but so it's like jokes. it's too good. Right, that's <laughs> what, I'm actually annoyed. It's too I good to make, for the likes of me. Yeah, yes, I wanted to exactly. make fun of it, and yeah. I, I can't because I would wear something yes. like that. No, it's, it's glorious. That's the problem. I'm like Loki, a glorious purpose. All right. Sure, we'll love hate news. <laughs> nah, but we'll do the player news first, oh, and then we'll get into love hate because there <laughs> are. Me, this is my first show. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. You missed the meeting. It happens, you know. Whatever. Literally, yeah. Literally, like, like, no, well, I was writing. Joking. I was writing. It was, it was a long night. Here are the notable injuries we're tracking going into uh, Sunday's games. Here, Aaron Jones with the knee, limited practice. Christian Watson did not practice as well as DJ Moore, Chris Alave, CJ Stroud still in concussion protocol. Devon Achan, we'll see if he's good to go. That is now a toe injury, so that is something new for Achan. No surprise, Tyreek Hill was not able to log a practice with the ankle. That's one to watch all the way through the weekend up to kickoff against the Jets. Nico Collins didn't practice with that calf injury, and Pacheco with the shoulder. Brian Robinson coming out of the bye week, still dealing with the hamstring. He didn't practice. That's the To me, that's uh, the ones that sort of show up here that you're kind of like, oh, Brian Robinson, after a week off not practicing on Wednesday, is a little concerning. That one is definitely a, a something that you know sort of raises your eye. Pacheco not back on Wednesday after missing last week is a concern. Feels like at least you know, re- kind of reading the beat reporters, feels like Nico Collins, even though he missed on Wednesday, like that he's got a decent shot at playing this week. We'll see about Stroud. DJ Moore popping up with an ankle is a little bit of an eye raiser too, because that was not anything on my radar at least. Yep, Chris Olave as well, who just seems to have a different injury every yeah. single week at this point. I'm going to make a prediction, uh, and the market disagrees with me on this right now. I think CJ Stroud's going to play. Okay. I just think you just you bet against NFL teams doing the responsible right. thing. And after the TJ Watt thing, teams just aren't incentivized to follow the spirit of the protocol. And no. this is such an important game for the Texans. Uh, and until there are changes in the offseason around this, like if he and D'Amico Ryans yesterday said he's feeling a bit better, we'll see how he goes this week. I think he's going to play. I think you're probably right. He, you know, he's definitely a tough kid. It's a magical season for Houston. Feels like if there's any way he can be out there, he certainly will as well. I'm not worried about HN because it is always something, but it's just it's a Wednesday. So, uh, you know, let's see if we get news over the next hour, and obviously we'll track that as we're going here. But to me, in terms of injuries we're tracking, this isn't the biggest one. No, these are the Saturday game injuries, so we're running out of time on these. Justin Jefferson, he was limited, which is a good sign. Jamar Chase with the ankle, he was limited as well. Tyler Boyd with the foot and ankle limited. Josh Reynolds with the back injury, all limited. I have a feeling those guys will be able to go, but where it gets more dicey, Alexander Madison with that ankle injury that looks somewhat serious. It could be a Ty Chandler day for the Vikings. 
Uh, Deontay Johnson with the knee. He didn't practice. Jonathan Taylor, no surprise with the thumb. Despite what Jim Irsay says about injuries, he did not <laughs> practice. Samaje Pirine with the knee did not practice. Yeah, Deontay Johnson's a little bit concerning given that it's a Saturday game and the offense is already bad in Pittsburgh. So, I mean, you you might not just, you know, it could be, a, could be all the George Pickens. Um, we'll track that as well. But uh, I think the biggest news that came out of – and Justin Jefferson has said he's going to play, even though he didn't so practice, Jamal right? Chase. You know, so he – I'm sorry? So is Jamal Chase. Yeah, so is Jamal Chase. So, so, those, so those guys will go. Those guys, those guys will go. I, I think it's a Chai Chandler day, regardless of whether Madison's active or not. That would be the Should Vikings be. running back I want. Uh, but to me, I thought the biggest news that, that came uh, out of yesterday of in terms of injuries and who might play and not play is in tonight's game. Yeah, let's pull up Thursday Night Football's injuries because Keenan Allen is officially out with the heel injury. This is going to be a very thin Chargers offense. The good news, it seems like Josh Palmer, who's been activated off the IR, will go with that knee injury. He's missed quite a bit of time here, but he should be back. Josh Jacobs with the quad is questionable. Devontae Adams, it sounds like he's going to play. He was dealing with an illness, so it's a matter of how much he can do. But the bottom line is, guys, this Thursday night football game, which is expected to be East and Stick against Aiden O'Connell, despite some questions around who will start for the Raiders, is missing a ton of key contributors in this one, Jay. Yep, and Keenan Allen being out, which is a little bit surprising. I know that he hadn't been practicing, but still the thought was he's probably just going to go. Him being out well, is huge in terms of repercussions uh, for this offense. See, I don't think it's that surprising. And I feel like maybe I, maybe I was just saying this to friends, but I feel like I brought this up on Monday's show, which is like, there's no motivation. Yeah. Once, they, once yeah. it was declared that Justin Herbert was being shut down for the year, so maybe this was Monday or Tuesday show, but once it was declared that Justin Herbert was out for the year, there's no motivation for Keenan Allen, who, what's Keenan Allen, 34 now, 33, 34? I think he's 32, 33. Yeah. So, I mean, what, right in that I'll bucket. look it up, fellas. Okay, thank yeah. you. You look that up. Well, <laughs> I just tell you that, like, if you're Keenan Allen and you're the Chargers, turns out he's 31, but, you know, he looks 34. He's a similar <laughs> you got to get him one of those sweatshirts. <laughs> exactly. Look cool. Look 28 again. I'm going to send this to him when I'm done. No, real talk for a second. Like, again, he's a wide receiver who has dealt with injuries throughout his career, um, who's on the wrong side of 30 in a lost season for the Chargers. They're not going to the playoffs. They've just lost their franchise quarterback for the season. Keenan Allen's such a big part of this offense. Why would you risk more wear and tear on his body in meaningless games? This makes ton- – like, again – they haven't declared Keenan Allen out for the year. They've just said he's not going to play tonight against the Raiders. But I'm just telling you, using logic, basic logic, if you were the Chargers, if you were Keenan Allen, if you represented Keenan Allen, if you were Keenan Allen's parents, wouldn't you be like, yo, sit it, shut it down. Like, sit down. Like, there's no – so, you know, it's disappointing as we head into the Fantasy Plus for everyone that's had Keenan Allen because he's such a fantasy superstar. But, like – this makes too much sense. I, I don't understand why, you, if you're them, why you would play him. I agree with that, but the only thing would be that uh, logic doesn't necessarily apply to Brandon Staley all the time. He played Justin Herbert and Mike Williams in a meaningless Week 18 game last year, and Mike Williams got hurt and missed the playoffs. So right. Staley's coaching they... for his job. So I'm not sure uh, maybe they'll bring back Keenan Allen later on. But this is a glorious game, gentlemen. It's a glorious game because you can bet on it. And we'll get deeper into it uh, in our final segment, but... This one thing I wanted to raise is that when there is chaos in a game like this, it creates opportunity. On DraftKings, if you add up the receiving yards props for Austin Eckler, uh, Josh Palmer, Quentin Johnson, Gerald Everett, it gets you to 120 yards. Eastern Sticks passing prop is 190. So it's like the market just has no idea what to do with how you could distribute all yeah. of this stuff. And so we'll get into that, but I think there are some ways to take advantage. I think there, and, and certainly fantasy-wise, I think, look, 
ideally this is a game that you're probably avoiding. We, it's a you yeah. know it's a low total as well, but to the extent you you may not have the choice, you might be desperate. So Josh Palmer, we expect him to go. You saw he's officially listed as questionable. We expect him to go. Each of his last four healthy games, he got at least seven targets. Quentin Johnson has now had back-to-back games with double digit fantasy points, including a career high 91 receiving yards last week. And Gerald Everett now has four more receptions in three straight games. You'll see some Donald Parham as well. It's interesting. I think Austin Eckler's receiving prop was two and a half receptions. It's now up to four and a half. So obviously they expect a lot of dump offs for Austin Eckler. Should be a big day for number 30. He'll be busy. They may go more run heavy. You see some Josh Kelly and Eckler in there as well. Um, There is chaos here. But I think that Quinton Johnson and Josh Palmer are the only two that I feel comfortable starting. Everett's a, you know, like a touchdown dependent tight end, you know, high end tight end two, low end tight end one. But uh, the other two wide receivers, like, again, they're like wide receiver fours where you're hoping for something. Ideally, you're not starting any charger other than Eckler, but if you're desperate, those are guys that could be viable. And with that, let's jump into love-hate, what kept Matthew up all night and into the morning. We start with the running backs, and we start with Kyron Williams, the volume king. What a year it's been for Kyron Williams. And Matthew, quite simply, he has your commanders on deck in Week 15. Yeah, you love that, unless unless you're a fan of the team like I am. Uh, look, love-hate is all about exceeding expectations. And I know a lot of people like start Kyron Williams against the, the Commanders. Thanks, Barry. Thanks, Captain Obvious. He's on the love list because he's my number two running back this week, right? Only Chris McCaffrey comes in higher in my ranks. This is somebody that in the three games since he was returning, averaging basically 25 touches a game. He's got a 15% target share. He's had 12 different touches in those three games. 12 different touches in goal-to-go situations. And over the last four weeks, my Commanders, allow 33.7 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. That is the most in the National Football League. I think the thing with Kyron Williams, too, is that it's not just anymore just about the volume. He's just an elite, awesome running back. I think he's a top 10 running back in the league on talent. And a lot of his numbers have been propped up by just eviscerating the Cardinals twice. But now he did it against the Ravens. He lit up the Ravens, and he's at 5.0 yards per carry on the season. He's just a superstar. Yeah, and I think it's nice that, you know, kind of something you hinted at there, Matthew, is he's a goal line back. He's yeah. effectively, for a smaller guy, they don't yeah. pivot to somebody else. They don't have a running quarterback, yeah. so it's all there for Kyron Williams. Our next one. He's, a, he's, he's, he's kind of Connor Rogers-esque. Yeah, you keep him on the desk even, you know. Yeah, yeah smaller yeah. guy, but we yeah. don't pivot to somebody else. <laughs> no. Like, we keep you can, in all situations. I can situations. handle the workload. You can indeed. Yes. 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 Like, a lot of people, like, should we bring you in for the somebody else in for the yes. third segment? No, no, no. no. Let's, he can close it yeah. out. That's absolutely right. Yesterday, yeah. Sims show, I walked right to the studio and did this show. There you go. Workhorse, Workhorse back. back. Yeah. Workhorse 30 back. touches. Yeah. 30 touches. We don't, we don't bring Ahmed Farid in for no. segment three. No. No. He literally don't. And Sims goes long. Like oh, we did two podcasts. hours. Did you? I bet. Yeah, we did two hours. Yeah, Sims can just talk and talk and yeah. talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. We were rocking. It was about, I had about three hours of football talk straight yesterday here at NBC. Look at that. No Look food, no water. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> no bathroom break. It's unbelievable. You're that's a why you got course. the electrolyte drink here. That's yeah, it. That's you're, it. Yeah. you're a machine. That's it. Uh, yeah, you're a young Kyron Williams out there. <laughs> All right. B. Yeah. John Robinson up next. Another running back that makes the top five here, Barry. Hmm. Uh, it's like Arthur Smith remembered he drafted Bijan Robinson with a top ten pick, and he's got the Panthers. I feel like every running back that's had the Panthers this year shows up in some capacity on the love list. Now, Arthur Smith getting cute in the fantasy playoffs against the Panthers would be the most Arthur Smith thing ever. But, yes, I'm a believer in Arthur Smith at least getting out of his own way and giving the ball to number seven, uh, a guy that was drafted high and rightfully so. 
the early season, like, what are you doing, has been corrected. Over the last four games, he's averaging almost 20 touches per game. This is B. John Robinson, of course. He's playing 73% of the snaps. We like that as well. Running backs who see, get this, at least 15 touches against the Carolina Panthers are averaging over 20 fantasy points per game. And to your point, uh, Connor, 11 of the 12 running backs that have seen at least 15 touches against the Carolina Panthers have scored a touchdown. So uh, B. John Robinson is my fifth number five running back. Uh, He's a top five play for me this week on the road at Carolina. This is an important game for the Falcons. Yeah, and I think the key is is just that the Falcons, uh, sorry, the Panthers have by far the worst run defense in the NFL. They Mm. actually have an above average pass defense. And so if Arthur Smith ever needed an excuse to run the ball, uh, it's this weekend. So uh, after what Desmond Ritter has shown with his inconsistency, you would expect them to lean on the run. Our next one, Jay, Ezekiel Elliott comes in as RB8 for Matthew. We saw Zeke finish his RB1 last week with a huge Thursday Night Football performance. And not only did Zeke look good on the ground, Jay, but Bailey Zappi will check it down to him over and over again in the flats. I think that's the key. Uh, And it's not so much the rushing, where he didn't really do much on the ground despite the 22 carries against Pittsburgh. It was the fact he had eight targets and seven receptions. Week before against the Chargers, five targets and four receptions. So I think that... Uh, particularly in PPR leagues, Zeke is just a monster in this offense at the moment. Yeah, in the year of our Lord, 2023, Ezekiel Elliott is a top 10 fantasy running back as we head into the fantasy playoffs. You mentioned no Ramondre Stevenson. He should get a ton of work. He literally, as you see it there, he played 91% of the snaps and no other running back touched the ball. 100% of the running back touches for the Patriots last Thursday went to Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, We don't expect Ramondre to play again. It should be another massive workload for Zeke against the char- uh, the Chiefs, I should say. Two of the last three running backs that faced Kansas City had over 100 yards from scrimmage. So just volume gets you there with Zeke, especially, by the way, he's being used in the passing attack. Like This is something yep. that we haven't seen a lot of this year, but they weren't. Bailey Zappi wasn't scared to involve him. They also had a lot of injuries on the wide receiver front. You know, no Demario Douglas or Devontae Parker last week. We'll see about the statuses of them. But even if both guys go this weekend, dumping off, you know, especially when you got Chris Jones bearing out on you, Dumping off to Zeke makes a lot of sense. The other thing, too, is that you might think, oh, going up against Bailey Zappi against Patrick Mahomes, game script will just destroy them in terms of being able to run the ball. Line's only seven and a half, yeah. which makes me feel like America has failed. The fact that Patrick Mahomes is in such a state where he's only a seven and a half point favorite over Bailey Zappi. America hasn't failed. I'll, I will tell you who has actually failed in all seriousness. The front office of the Kansas yeah, City Red Chiefs. Beach. Brett Beach. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean like, you've got a gener- literally a generational quarterback. Yep. And, you know, at some point, like the, you know, roosters come home and roost or whatever. Pick your pick your cliche. But, I mean, like, you know, you can't keep getting away with this. Like, hey, these, you know, these kind of generic guys out there. Like, you know, you guys counted on Kadarius Tony. That was a mistake. You know, you counted on MVS. That was a mistake. That was ignoring all the existing tape on either guy. Coming in, I just, hindsight's easy to 2020 and we all like the, but, you know, they expected Sky Moore to develop and he hasn't and, just there's only so much Travis Kelsey. It feels like they hit on something with Rasheed Rice, but other than that, like there's just there's not enough depth for literally the best quarterback on the planet. Yep, little fun game to play while you're watching Chiefs games. Just look at how often Patrick Mahomes has to tell his receivers where to line up because yeah. they're in the wrong spot. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, and he forgot to tell Kadarius Tony yeah, where to exactly. line up, and that cost him the game. So. Yeah, they did. And I don't know if you like go just. Watch, I'm sorry, we'll get up, but I'll just say this. Go watch, uh, Dan Orlovsky did a, did a video, it's like on YouTube over there at ESPN, he did a whole thing where he, he broke down, he noticed that Kadarius Tony had actually lined up offsides multiple times throughout the game. 
And so there's a couple different ways to look at that, which is number one is like they didn't call it any of the other previous times. So he sort of thought about that. But there's also like Canary's Tony. Like it's not like it was like. Why like, are you doing this? At some point, like coaches need to notice that and say like, you know, yeah. Yeah. hey, hey, yeah. get back. You know? Right. And like. And have you seen any of the memes of like, uh, like, he, and just people have taken Kadarius Tony and like placed him, yes. like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, literally, like, yeah, um, right, like, literally in, in between the linebackers yeah, on the other side. Easy. It's, 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 oh, so it's good, good content. The internet remains undefeated. Some others receiving votes from the running backs. Raheem Mostert comes in as RB 13 against the Jets. Derrick Henry against Houston, and it's weird. The Titans will be wearing Oilers uniforms against Houston in this game. He oh comes in as a top 20 play. DeAndre Swift against the Seahawks, RB20. Ty Chandler, if Alexander Madison is out, and we are leaning towards that he might be. Jerome Ford against the Bears, RB32 there, Matthew. Yeah, I'll go just backwards to forwards in terms of Ford. He's had five targets or more in three of the past four games. No team in the NFL allows more receiving yards to running backs than the Chicago Bears. We like Chandler, as we talked about here. I think Swift gets back on track against Seattle as they've allowed over 135 rushing yards to running backs in three straight. Death taxes start Derrick Henry against the Texans. He literally has over 1,000 yards combined in his last five against the Texans, including 10 touchdowns. He averages 33 fantasy points per game against the Texans. And Raheem must start, especially if A-Chan is going to be. He had two touchdowns the last time he faced the Jets. He should get another heavy workload this weekend. Jay, anyone from that list that jumps out to you? Yeah, I think Raheem Mostert, just with the Jets and how dominant they've been as a pass defense and the fact that uh, the Dolphins, their offensive line, too, is going to have to be throwing the ball very quickly. Yeah. Uh, and the Jets, I mean, they, the Dolphins did have some success running the ball oh, against yeah. them last time. And particularly if A-Chan is out, then Mostert becomes a monster. Yeah. We move over to the hate list, which is headlined basically by Kansas City's backfield right here. Isaiah Pacheco or Clyde edwards helaire I think the crux of this, Matthew, is whatever Chiefs running back is healthy and starting against the Patriots, avoid. Yeah, correct. They're on the road at New England. And over the last four weeks, the Patriots allowing just 11.3 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. That is the lowest in the NFL. They also allow 42 rushing yards and 2.4 yards per carry to running backs. That is also lowest in the NFL. They have a really good run defense. No running back in the last four weeks has scored more than eight fantasy points against the Patriots. And you're like, oh, well, who'd they face? How about Austin Eckler or Saquon Barkley? Your boy Najee Harris, Jay, and Jalen Warren. None of them was able to even get to double-digit fantasy points. None of them were even able to get to nine fantasy points against the Patriots. So whether it is a not 100% healthy Isaiah Pacheco or CEH, who has been inconsistent during his career and be splitting time with Jarek McKinnon, Whoever one of those starting running backs are, splitting time with the passing down back McKinnon, makes the hate list. Patriots have the best run defense in the NFL right now. And so Patrick Mahomes, his passing yards probably set at 248.5 wow. on DraftKings. I think that might be 50 yards too low, to yeah. be honest. This is the ultimate pass funnel defense. Uh, and with how their running backs have struggled, I think Mahomes, uh, he will be throwing a lot. How about Kenneth Walker here, Jay? He's just not getting the snap count that you would hope from an RB1. I'm sure it has to do with the fact he's been banged up this year, and the Eagles have been able to limit running backs on the ground. Yep, and it's a tough matchup here with the Eagles. They have a strong run defense. Their corners have struggled all year, and with Metcalf, Lockett, JSN, expected Seattle will be throwing. Zach Charbonnet outcarried Kenneth Walker. Now, the positive for Kenneth Walker is he had five targets in the passing game. Charbonnet only had one, and they are dogs in this game, so you'd expect them potentially to be trailing. But you just cannot feel good about a team that is an underdog with a guy who is in a 50-50 timeshare. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a tough matchup against Philly as well. Literally, this entire year, there have only been two running backs that have more than 60 rushing yards against the Eagles as well. He's had 12 or fewer touches in three of his last four healthy games. To your point, Char- he's splitting time with Charbonnet. They're underdogs. The way you attack Philadelphia is through the air. We do kind of like Geno in this one. I like DK Metcalf as a top 10 play this week. But again, with Kenneth Walker, you're hoping for one big play, and he's got that ability. But other than that, I, I don't know. Like, he's outside my top 20 this week. Our last one here, Matthew, Javante Williams. People might see Detroit and think, okay, I like that. But the reality is Detroit is so bad against the pass that running backs haven't had massive days against their front this year. Yeah, they, like, over the last four weeks, Detroit's allowing just 3.3 yards per carry. In fact, no running back has rushed for more than 51 yards against Detroit. And they allow the fourth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. If there's one positive here for Javante Williams, the usage has really been there. It's really nice usage for Javante Williams. I think he's got a shot at a touchdown. So he's a borderline top 20 play, but this is a tough matchup. So he makes the hate list because, again, I'm lowering expectations. I would still probably – I have Javante Williams in a couple of leagues. I'm starting him in those leagues, but I would lower expectations for Javante Williams. He's just outside my top 20 this week. Yep, and also Detroit, their weaknesses in the secondary. That's where they've been exploited time and time again, so you'd expect that Russ will be throwing. This holiday season, get the fantasy fan in your life, the exclusive Roto World Draft Guide Bundle featuring expert analytics, player insights, and season-long tools. Get all three of the draft guides for one low price. Go to NBCSports.com slash Holiday Bundle and use code HOLIDAY23 at checkout to receive 25% off. And a $10 Fanatics gift card. We're going to break when we're back. We'll be back with love-hate going forward with the pass catchers and quarterbacks. Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. Hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows, new movies, and all new seasons of your faves. Don't miss FX's Clipped, the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. Then catch the high-speed drama Ferrari, starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. One, two... Three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Heads up, we have a special edition of Fantasy Football Pregame on Saturday, December 23rd, live from 1 to 3. Barry, Jay, and Lawrence will be previewing the Christmas weekend slate leading into football night in America. Tweet us as always using the hashtag FFPregame. So Saturday, December 23rd, 1 to 3, we have a show. I should really read my emails. I should as well. I was unaware of this until yesterday when we ran the promo. Then I became aware. You weren't paying attention to that one, but now you've got a uh, Sounds like a couple personal problems. (laughs) (laughs) It's Betty White. Betty White. (laughs) Anyway. <laughs> Love, hate, pass catchers. That was Cooper Cup. 
who loves himself some Betty White, apparently, and we love <laughs> ourselves. This is an American. All Americans love Betty White. We love ourselves some Cooper Cup. We're going back to the well here, Matthew. Cooper Cup is playing against who? My commanders. Yes. My little Cooper Cup. Who do I love more? My commanders or my little Cooper Cup? The answer is... Um, it's still my commanders, <laughs> but this week, give me my little Cooper Cup, who comes in at wide receiver six for me over the last four weeks. No team in the NFL has allowed more yards per game to wide receivers. Oh, you need more bad stats about the commanders? I got more bad stats for you. They also allow the second most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. And in their last two games, they've allowed four different touchdowns to the slot. Just two, four touchdowns in two games. Seriously, pick a stat, any stat. I've got a bad stat for every situation for my commanders. All this adds up to start your Rams this weekend against my commanders. Yeah. I think there was a lot of concern about Cooper Cup coming into last week because he'd Mm. been so poor for so long. But I think there was just, there were some mitigating causes. He was dealing with an injury. He had Brett Rippon for a stretch. He played the Cleveland defense. That second Arizona game, they just ran the ball all game. But the key is that that he showed against Baltimore is that physically he's 100%. He's still got the same connection with Stafford. And even with Puka getting a ton of targets as well, he showed that he can still resemble the guy from 2021. Our next one here, Jay, DK Metcalf against that Eagles secondary. We know how much they've struggled, and we know what DK can do, not just in the red zone, but in between the 20s. Yeah, it's a strange thing the way the Eagles secondary has struggled all season because most of the names are the same, and they've added Kevin Byard. But I think the key is, is just that Darius Slay's gotten a bit worse. James Bradbury's gotten a bit worse. Bradley Roby struggled yeah, in no the slot. no slot at all. Yeah. They just, and DK, they'll move him around. And I think that the Eagles, they just haven't shown any uh, ability whatsoever to stop the pass all season. Even your boy Sam Howell lit them up yes. twice. And so I think that whether it's Geno or Drew Locke, uh, I think that they will have success through the air. By the way, you take that even out of your mouth. <laughs> even Sam Howell. Stop it. He Sam was, Howell is good. He was very, excellent in the second game. reluctant. Until he kind Credit of, to Sam Howell. Kind the, the, of yaked the last couple of throws. What you, what you, he's out there by himself. He's got no one blocking for him, for the love of God. He's, he's like a young Zach Wilson. The fact is, is that uh, DK Metcalf. He might Wilson, be older. With the old <laughs> Zach Wilson. That's yeah, fair enough. Um, whatever. The Jets have a bad offensive line was the point of that joke. The, here's the, here's the point of this uh, statement. The Eagles have allowed at least 16 fantasy points to a wide receiver in every single game this year. Every single game, they've allowed multiple touchdowns to wide receivers in five of the last six. And so Metcalf, who is top three in end zone targets this year, whether it's Geno Smith or Drew Locke throwing him the ball, I like DK's chances of getting a touchdown, and I'm as a top 10 play in week 15. He comes in as wide receiver 10. At wide receiver 11 is our next pass catcher in Brandon Ayuk here, Matthew, against Arizona. Mm-hmm. I mean, what more needs to be said between the Arizona defense, what Ayuk can do in this offense with a surging Brock Purdy right now. Ayuk is a near loveless candidate almost every week, it feels like. Yeah, especially because Brock Purdy, your true MVP, the guy who should be the MVP. I put that out on Twitter, and like people went like yesterday because somebody was – giving some like Brock Purdy propaganda yeah. and I you know I said I'm here for all of it and yeah. you know people just go crazy they well, get upset uh, they get it's very upset they he's hate very Brock polarizing. Purdy yeah. he's, he's very, very polarizing, polarizing as well it's insane all the stats sit there and say like this is the guy who should be the MVP especially by the way given how well he throws the deep ball yeah. he really does he's not a game manager at all it's not dink and dunk stuff if you look at his yards per attempt his average depth of target all of that stuff his air yards like he is chucking it deep and why does that matter for Brandon Ayuk? 40% of his targets this year have now come on deep passes. He's got the third most yards on deep passes this season. Arizona allows a 61% catch rate on deep passes so far this year. That is the most in the NFL. No team in the NFL gives it up longer, deeper 
than the Arizona Cardinals. You heard me, America. That's right. Brandon Ayuk is a top 12 play for me. I think the key here, too, is that uh, when the Niners played the Cardinals last time, Brock Purdy had one incomplete pass. Just one. He went 20 21. Yeah. He's basically through perfect game. He still had a, a PFF grade of under 80, which I don't understand when you only, uh, wow. you, there's only one incomplete pass. They don't like him so but much, yeah, but six, uh, he should have a monster game. Six for 148 last time he faced the Cardinals. That's good. Should, uh, yeah, that is good. That is good. That would be helpful in your fantasy playoffs. Our next one here, our tight end, our first tight end, Sam Laporta against the Broncos. He's a top five tight end this week for Barry here, Jay, and the Broncos right now struggling against tight ends, especially in the fantasy front. They are, and Laporta's just, he's established himself as a clear top five guy every single week. Uh, Jared Goff has struggled lately, and that would be the concern. Also, the concern would be that uh, the Broncos have a terrible run defense, and Detroit presumably will lean on the run. But uh, the strength of the Broncos' pass defense is certainly on the outside. So if there is a pass catcher who should go off, it should be Sam Laporta. Uh, I completely agree. Tight ends that have seen at least five targets against the, the Broncos are averaging over 15 fantasy points per game. And to your point about their struggles against the position, they're bottom third in the NFL. Bottom three in the NFL in terms of res- most receptions, yards, and fantasy points allowed to opposing tight ends. Sam Laporta should be la good. Oh, there it is. It's shocking. <laughs> I was trying to think of something that rhymed with Porta. Yes, you couldn't uh, get there. And clearly. I couldn't get there. Yeah, that's yeah. all right. La sorta good. Yeah, not, not good no, either. Not there yet either. Nope. I'm going to workshop it. Yeah. I'm going to bring it back to you. Yep. Maybe next year, summer <laughs> when we're doing We'll talk about Sam Laporta again this season. I think yeah. we'll, Sam Laporta's name will come up. But yeah. I like Sam LaGood. Yeah, I don't like it very much. <laughs> A couple others receiving votes. Cortland Sutton. I'm punch drunk. I'm on three hours of sleep. Yeah. Sometimes these are our best shows throughout yeah. the week. Cortland Sutton against that Lions secondary. Comes in as wide receiver 25. Odell Beckham, who looks like vintage Odell Beckham against Jacksonville here. Wide receiver 26. Followed by Jaden Reed. Wide receiver 29. Josh Downs against the Steelers. Wide receiver 38. Dallas Goddard makes it as a top 10 tight end. Tight end 9 against the Seahawks. And then Isaiah Likely there, Matthew, as tight end 10 against Jacksonville. Uh, 13 targets over the last two yeah, games. Yeah, Goddard likely both top 10 options at the position. Goddard facing Seattle. They've allowed at least 75 receiving yards and a touchdown to a tight end in back-to-back games. Goddard is back getting a lot of work. And Isaiah Likely, as you mentioned, he's gotten uh, 13 targets the last two weeks. 11 of them come from the slot. That's important because the Jags have allowed a touchdown to the slot in three of the last four. You see Jade Reed on your list there who continues to get multiple rushing attempts and a 26% target share in two of the last three games. We've talked about OBJ on this show a lot. Uh, he looks spry. He looks fast. They're targeting him. And over the last four weeks, the Jags allowed the second most yards per game to opposing wide receivers. Since week 10, Detroit has allowed the second most touchdowns to wide receivers. And that's just normal wide receivers who have to use both hands to catch the ball. Now here comes Cortland Sutton, who only needs, like it seems like, three fingers. I'm also playing against Sutton in a playoff game. So you know, you know he's going off. Sutton's going to have just a monster game. Uh, Steelers, top five in the NFL in terms of most yards allowed to the slot, which is why we kind of like Josh Downs on Sunday. Yes, Josh Downs, is he's going to have a 120-yard game at some point. He is outside of Michael Pittman. He's the most talented guy on that offense. Isaiah Likely is interesting to me. So, statistically, the Jags have the number 13 defense in the NFL. I think that is fraudulent. I do not think mm-hmm. they're an above-average defense. They got completely lit up by Jake Browning. Whenever they played good offenses, they got completely destroyed by San Francisco. To be fair, they destroy everyone. Uh, and Joe Flacco just put up 30 against them. So I think that Lamar is going to ball out and Isaiah Likely will be a beneficiary. Yeah, that'll be fun to watch right here on NBC and Peacock. I'm a company man. Yeah, Quite a few busted coverages for Flacco too. That's a bad sign of lack of communication with Jacksonville. Joker was wide open on one of those touchdowns. Yep. 
Yep. No, I think uh, they're struggling at the moment. They're also just banged up on yeah. both sides of the ball. They've got no offensive linemen. Like, it's, it's yeah. a complete mess. Yeah. All right, we'll move over to the hate list. couple names here. Calvin Ridley against the Ravens. When you look at Ridley's last two weeks, Matthew, it's uh, been a tough go of it overall. He comes in as wide receiver 31 for you. Yeah, it's been getting consistent, honestly, this entire season. And, you know, they what they're, what they're doing with Ridley is they're throwing it deep. They're really chucking it deep. They're not giving him the, the short or intermediate stuff. It's really using him on deep routes. And so the reason that's a concern is that on deep passes this season, the Ravens have allowed the second fewest yards. They've allowed only four touchdowns to perimeter wide receivers in the NFL as well. That's the fourth fewest as well. So Ridley outside my top 30. I think this is an important game for the Ravens. The Ravens have a real shot at the number one seed in the AFC in the playoffs and making everyone the road to the Super Bowl, making it go through Baltimore. I think the Ravens would like that very much. So I think this is an important game for them. Yep. Kyle Hamilton looks like he may play as well after uh, yep. some um, injury concern there. Ravens just having a monster pass defense. They have the number two pass defense in the NFL after Cleveland. The run defense has struggled a little bit. And Ridley, like he will get the volume. But last week he had 13 targets and they could only turn it into four catches. Yeah, and, and you figure like there'll be some Evan Ingram as well, Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, he's he's out there getting it out, but he's probably not as mobile as he normally would be. And so, is given the Ravens' pass rush, is he going to be able to let plays develop? Is he going to be able to scramble enough to keep plays alive? I just, you know, you're going to need a touchdown from Calvin Ridley this week, which could always happen, but don't love it. While he's getting the targets, our next guy, Jay, in T. Higgins is really not. And Brian Flores' Minnesota defense, they've been able to figure it out with blitzing the quarterback. It's going to be a big test for Jake Browning, and that could impact T. Yeah, fascinating game for Jake Browning, because he's lit up two suspect defenses in Jacksonville and the Colts. The previous, he was terrible against the Steelers, Jake Browning. And we all thought that, oh, that's their season over. He's been awesome the past two weeks. This week, I think we find out if it's real or not, because the Vikings somehow, I have no idea how, they have the number five defense in the NFL. Brian Flores is just a genius, it appears. And so now, going up against the real defense that's going to throw exotic blitzes at him and zone coverages, uh, this will be difficult for Browning. But regardless, T. Higgins, it just hasn't really happened for him since he's come back from the injury. You remember week four? Remember week four of the NFL season? Uh, not yeah. really. Well, let me tell you. You know what happened in week four? I'm going to tell you. That was when T. Higgins got an end zone target. He hasn't right. seen one since. Man. Week four, the last time T. Higgins got a target in the end zone as well. Now, he's obviously, he's missed some time. But still, to your point about the Vikings defense, last four weeks, they allow the sixth fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Um, Higgins has been inconsistent all year long as well. So he's wide receiver 37 for me in this one. Our final pass catcher, Hollywood Brown, against the 49ers. Matthew, since Kyler Murray has been back, it has not been working for Hollywood Brown. It is shocking to me because he is somebody that was getting a massive target share with Josh Dobbs, with Clayton Toon, whatever, and we're like, oh, and here comes Kyler Murray. You know, full steam ahead for Hollywood Brown, and that has, that has not been the case. In fact, with Kyler Murray uh, under center, Marquise Brown is wide receiver 80 on a points-per-game basis. Like, there are 79 wide receivers that would have been better for you to start in fantasy football, 79, than Hollywood Brown over um, the last few games since Kyler Murray returned. He's averaging just 5.5 yards per carry. He's got 30 or fewer receiving yards in three out of four games with Kyler Murray under center this season. Oh, and now you got to face the Niners, who allow, of course, the fifth-fewest yards per reception to wide receivers. Hollywood Brown is 
wide receiver 40 for me this week, which is crazy given his talent and the fact that we, we like Kyler Murray and game script should be in their favor. But just there's literally nothing to suggest this is going to be a good game. And it's the playoffs. I just I don't want to get cute. There's nothing right. that suggests you can risk Kyler, uh, Marquise Brown this week. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is that he didn't practice yesterday coming off the bye. He left early with an injury in week 13. I know Matthew loves to put guys on the hate list who aren't going to play football that given week. Uh, it's well, one of your strong suits. Yeah, just because it's fish in a barrel doesn't mean you don't <laughs> shoot it. So, look, I think he's probably going to play. Uh, Gannon said that he would likely get into practice this week. But, yeah, to your point, even if he does, is he going to be 100%? Probably not if he didn't practice yesterday. And even if he is, there's nothing to suggest that he is going to be the weapon that we thought he would be. Yeah, listen, there's nothing wrong with occasionally taking a layup. You know what I mean? Like, I know you like to just, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, James dead. Harden it and, like, just, you know, jump back just and back. You know, just, yeah, and just step, step back, back and uh, just, you know, try to jack up threes. But every once in a while, it's... Not bad to, you know, take a layup, take the points. My favorite one ever was when you put Deshaun Watson on the hate list, basically right after the report had come out that he probably wasn't going to play that weekend. It was genius. And he didn't play. He scored zero points that weekend. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, I was but, right, is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah exactly thank you. right. That's right. Avoid um, Deshaun Watson. I, so, yeah. I write, we, so just a little behind the scenes here, a little curtain uh, raising as well. How the no, sausage is just made? There's, yeah, a little bit of how the sausage is made is the fact is, and you guys Shout probably don't care, but Jay's giving me crap, so I'm going to make you guys listen to it. So this is Jay's fault. Is that... Uh, there are a lot of tentacles, if you will, to love hate. There are a lot. There's digital assets. There's there's a lot of different things that go into quote unquote love hate. And so as a result, we come up with the names. Uh, my producer and I, we, we meet up and we come up with the names for love hate on Tuesdays, on uh, and it's written Wednesday during the day. So in essence, like there's a lot of times where there that, that does happen, where you know the practice report comes out on Wednesday and I've got a guy on there and there's just Nothing because the train has already already left the station because, again, it has to come out on Thursday, so it has to be written on Wednesday and it has to be decided on Tuesday so that other assets and graphics and pictures can be pulled. And it's a whole thing, and it's boring, and it's one of the reasons why I want to quit writing it. But uh, I'm chained the to show, it. The yeah, show I must can't. Go on. I've been trying yes. to quit it for six years, and yeah. it won't. Uh, I'm, I'm stuck with it till the, the day I die. Apparently. By the way, the report that uh, Marquise Brown didn't practice yesterday, it was from a writer at GoPhoenix.com. The writer's name is Bo Brack. B.O. Brack. One of the great names. Uh, Bo Brack? Yeah, Bo Brack. Oh, we love Bo Brack yeah, here. Good for you, Bo. I've yeah, never heard of Bo Brack, sweet but name. that's a good name. Yeah. All right. Important. <laughs> names are important. Let's close this names thing out with the quarterbacks and a quarterback we love on this show, Brock Purdy. Yes. We got to see his head coach give him some love yesterday. Take a listen. I think that's the talent in Brock that you can't always judge. Like, I think vision and stuff is very important and doesn't just go into, like, is he 20-20? Like, there's different types of vision of, like, looking outside wide, coming in, like, just the, the words I never know. But um, it's, it's a big deal how your eyes see things. When you told me we were going to go to video of Kyle Shanahan giving Brock pretty love, I didn't know what we were going to see. Uh, I'm very comfortable with just a press conference video. <laughs> okay. I think he was looking for peripheral vision there. (laughs) Yeah, he's just talking about Brock's vision. You thought he was going to be a video of him giving him a smooch like Tommy DeVito's agent and his dad? I don't know. Kyle Kyle Shannon off the dog. Yeah, Yeah. Shannon doesn't really strike me as that kind (laughs) of affectionate human being. Just a guess. You just don't know. When you said give him love, it could have meant we could have gone a million different ways. Brock Purdy, QB5 for you, Matthew. He's got Arizona. I think your only fear in this one is that they don't pull out uh, with a lead so early that they had slow down. With him throwing, yeah. only one team allows a higher passer rating uh, than the uh, than the Arizona Cardinals as well. 
Uh, they're a bottom eight pass defense over the last uh, over the last uh, four weeks as well. And so, you know, Niners with the highest implied team total this week as well. We already talked about week four when he had 21.3 fantasy points against them, missed only one pass. Brock Purdy's a top five play this week. Jay, next up, Matthew Stafford against the Commanders. Stafford looked great against Baltimore last week. Yeah, he did. And that's a real defense. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right, is that he'd been lighting up teams like the Cardinals or whatever, and now he did it against the Ravens, who, like I said before, have the second-best pass defense in the NFL. I think the fact that Cup looked like he did as well, to have now two elite weapons, have Kyron Williams and his gravity in the run game as well. Since Kyron Williams has been back, or really when he's played this season, they, they have an elite offense. This yeah. is a top-five offense in the NFL, uh, and against the Commanders, don't expect there will be much. They won't show uh, much respite. Uh, no team in the NFL has allowed more passing touchdowns. To, uh, to opposing teams and the Washington Commanders. Again, I got simple. nothing but bad stats about the Commanders. I got a zillion That's a them. trivia question I actually probably would have got. Right. That probably would have been my yeah. first guess. For the last, uh, uh, the last four quarterbacks to face the Commanders have all scored at least, tw- at least 19 fantasy points. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's brutal. Yeah, Penn well, State Blake, nice work. Or yeah. Damien, whoever yeah. dug that one. I don't know. Whoever's working overtime Someone on the is. bad commander Someone, stats. You know it's not me, but uh, anyway. I like the Rams you by the six You have bad commander off. stats at the top of your head. I'll give you credit I for do that. Have, I do yes. have a lot of those. Uh, yeah, but we can move on. You're starting Matthew Stafford. You have him. He's my QB6. The next one, Jordan Love coming off a, a brutal week against the Giants, but he's got the Bucks this week, Barry. So maybe a bounce back for Jordan Love? I think so. Uh, look, He's fourth in, since week three, he's fourth in the NFL in pass attempts per game. And we've talked about this. The Buccaneers are a pass funnel defense. They're actually a bottom five pass defense over the last month. And so when he's been at home in this game is in Green Bay. He's averaging over 19 fantasy points per game. I'm back in on Jordan Love. He is on the Love list. He's my QB7. Some others receiving votes here. Geno Smith or Drew Locke. Basically, Jay, whoever plays against the Eagles comes in as QB10. They're expected to be Geno Smith right now. We talked about DK Metcalf already against that Eagles secondary. Yep, I think Geno will have an excellent game. The Eagles have the 29th ranked pass defense in the NFL. Russell Wilson. Since week eight, uh, quarterbacks that face Philly averaging over 27 fantasy points per game. They're no good. Russell Wilson against the Lions. He comes in as QB11 while Matthew feels like they've kind of put the training wheels on Russ the second half of this season. The Lions secondary, it, it almost doesn't really matter. Last four games, they're allowing the second most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks, and they allow t- passing touchdowns at the fourth highest rate in that stretch. So the Russ-assance continues. I'm at QB 11. And then, of course, uh, Nick Mullins. I actually think if you're desperate, like, Mullins could be okay. I don't you think know? you have to be desperate. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to be, like, moderately needy, and uh, Nick Mullins shall deliver. Or I think he's going to have a super flex league. Yeah, a massive game. No yeah. Cam Taylor-Britt. Bengals defense is, is terrible uh, against the pass, against the run as well, to be fair. And Justin Jefferson's going to play. Yeah, I'm with you. Exactly. And also, they lost, like, half of their offensive line uh, against the Raiders, which I think contributed to their offensive struggles. The thing with Mullins as well, like, he just dropped back. He just ch- he chucks it. Yeah, like, he's he chucks chucker. it. He's trying to chuck it down the field. Made some nice throws. Also should have been picked two or three times in his limited play. But uh, I think he's going to put up stats. Yep. You're going to win the league on the back of Nick Mullins. That's I what's really, going to happen. It's, he's really put all my, my mediocre team. He's really put it into place. Now I feel good. Now I've got to punch his chance. Just real quickly while we're talking about playoffs because we're all in the same league and we play the league out on Yahoo. There's a really good hint that uh, was given to me. But like if you play in Yahoo and um, like you have a bye this week, which I do, what you should do is you should put all of your players on the bench. Because the way Yahoo works, and I don't like this, but it is what happens, is that if your player is not in a starting lineup, and there's something happens in the game, you can drop them during the game and pick somebody up. So if somebody has like, and we're, we don't hope this, but if somebody over the weekend has a horrific injury, 
they're locked on your starting lineup. But if not, if they're just sitting on your bench, again, if you have a bye, then you can just drop them and pick somebody else that hasn't played before waivers run for next week. That's why people watch this show. Not for the <laughs> our jokes and no. nonsense. It's a little helpful hint. Yes. The technicalities. A little technicalities. We'll close it out with the quarterbacks on the hate list. Tua against the Jets. I'm not going to lie here, guys. When Tyreek Hill left the game uh, the other night, Monday Night Football against the Titans, Tua looked like a totally different player. He did not look great. New York top five in pressure rate this season. Their corners obviously are fantastic since week seven. The only quarterback to score double-digit fantasy points against the Jets is Josh Allen as well. He had 7.8 points the first time they faced each other in a win that the Dolphins had. So, yeah, he's uh, outside my top 15 this week. Yeah, other guy on the hit list, Jared Goff, who goes up against a run-funnel defense in Denver. Jared Goff also, I don't know what's wrong with him. He just seems a little bit broken at the moment, whether it's a physical ailment or he's just mm-hmm. lost confidence. He's been really bad for a month now. Since week five, Denver's allowed one or fewer passing touchdowns in eight of nine games. Watch arguably the best game to date of the college basketball season this Saturday. Top-ranked Arizona faces off with reigning Naismith Player of the Year, Zach Eady, and number three Purdue in a matchup that could be a preview of a Final Four game later this year. The two powers tip off at 4.30 p.m. Eastern exclusively on Peacock. If you want to watch it, you got to watch on Peacock. Damn it. Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code BERRY when you sign up. Yeah. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. It really is. Let's jump into last call, and let's look at the most bet player props for Thursday Night Football, courtesy of our friends from DraftKings. Austin Eckler receiving yards over 26.5 is what the public likes, as well as his rushing yards over 46.5. Austin Eckler receptions over 3.5. Austin Eckler alternate rushing and receiving yards 75+. plus. And then Easton Stick passing touchdowns. Good God, is this disrespectful. The public likes it under half. They don't think Easton Stick throws a touchdown tonight. Jay? The entire public is just hammering every Austin Eckler prop possible. Eckler's gone now. The line's moved to four and a half. And obviously, I think a lot of this Eckler is because no Keenan Allen and Eckler's the guy they've heard of. 
Yep, indeed. I like over 0.5 on sadness watching this game. It is absolutely <laughs> brutal. But there bad. are reasons to enjoy it. And uh, one of them, I agree with the public on Eckler over 26.5 receiving yards. It's now up to 29.5. Still like the over there. Things should be in the high 30s. Easton Stick targeted Eckler five times in the half that he was on the field. Mm. I think it's going to be dump off City with no weapons. And Eckler, by the way, looked a lot healthier last week. Looked more explosive. So I think that he is going to be the key to this offense. I'm, gonna go, I'm going to Quinton Johnson. I'm going to take two bets here. I like over 50. 15 and a half yards for his longest reception. He's had at least a 17-yard reception in six of his past eight games. They like to target him deep. He got two targets from Easton Stick last week. One was 22, one was 57. So both cleared him. So over longest reception at 15 and a half. I also like the over on two and a half receptions. He's had eight receptions in each of the la- uh, over the last two weeks. So that's four a game. Did that math in my head? Yes. Don't want to brag, Very but good math uh, so I like over two and a half in a game in which, you know, no Keenan Allen. Taking a long shot here, guys. Listen, Easton Stick is starting tonight. There are no rushing props for him because people don't know a lot about Easton Stick. It's chaos. So I'm going to take an anytime touchdown for Easton Stick at plus 475. He had 41 rushing touchdowns in college. Easton Stick. It's his opportunity. It's against the Raiders. I think when all hell breaks loose, this man is going to run. He gets into the end zone. It's plus 475 tonight. I kind of like that. tough of a matchup as this is football wise these are the games where there are betting opportunities when there is absolute chaos this is the best type of game to bet on yeah um, so get involved so we like that all right so listen my love hate today is an annual column that i do every single year called don't look back in anger it's the old song by oasis apologies to that band as well but um <laughs> this is like you know we've all made these regrettable moves that like you know you think in the in the moment oh this makes sense and then only to you know later in the season go like oh god what, what have I, have I done? Happened. So whatever bad move you have made out there, at least you haven't been as bad as these. So these were some of the worst ones I saw. I got literally thousands and thousands of entries. I poured through them. So, uh, Stephen, go ahead and start rolling some of them. So here's one. This guy uh, <laughs> traded Puka Nakua and a 2024 third for your boy, Michael my Thomas, boy. Jay. Yes, my boy, uh, who's dealing with legal issues and the IR at the moment. Uh, yeah. Not great for Michael Thomas. That's, uh, he that's didn't a, do much either. That's a pre- he was good for five for 50 and no touchdowns every single week, though. I think this guy listened to you in the preseason. Okay, so Jack says, no one has tormented me this season quite like Najee Harris, Jay. <laughs> I got upset. Why are you attacking me? I got upset and dropped him in my home league. Just have to come full circle and trade for him because I desperately <laughs> needed him as an RB2. And then he let me down again. So Najee Harris just torturing Jack much like he has you, Jay. To be fair, Jack has an amazing head of hair, so I'm sure he's going to be fine. Here's another one. So this guy dropped, uh, uh, I can't pronounce his name. I guess it's Josh Ratliff. He dropped J- Devon Achan for Zach Ertz. So, uh, yeah, the keeper prospects of Achan. In a keeper league, he dropped Achan for Zach Ertz. That's a hard Oh, this is a nightmare. Yeah, so uh, at uh, Johnny B Ball 5, <laughs> dropped Kieran Williams to grab Graham Gano. <laughs> <laughs> he dropped Kieran Williams for a kicker. <laughs> Leave so your leagues that start. I still have kickers. To be Kiddo. fair, there was no difference between Kieran Williams and like Ronnie Rivers at that time. So you're okay there. Just uh, didn't think work think out. Think about how much that much torture you. What's the next one here? Look at some of these are brutal, right? Uh, here's another one. So uh, Luke Giardi uh, was number one in the waiver wire after week one. Was either going to pick up Joshua Kelly or Kyron Williams because of the Eckler injury. I went Kelly. That one is going to haunt me for a long yeah. time. I don't blame you. That one. Here's another one. I paid, uh, Kieran McCloskey says, I paid $22 fab for Gainwell the and dropped DeAndre Swift after week one. That's, 
didn't pay off the way you hoped. No, it's Maybe certainly... with his PhD, he can resuscitate his season. Okay. So, uh, Johnny Tapia uh, says uh, he uh, he dropped Devon Achan for Cameron Dicker. <laughs> the kicker. For Dicker the kicker. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, there are more in my column on rotorworld.com where, of course, Love Hate is posted for week 15 for free. It's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Good luck if you're still in the playoffs for Jay Connor. I'm Matthew. We all drink free for night. If I'm still employed, I'll see you tomorrow. Peace out. Feel the pulse of the city. Feel the beat of the drum. Feel the bass blow your hair. In Las Vegas, live music delivers much more than sound. It's where music comes alive. With artists like Megan Thee Stallion, Maroon 5, Carrie Underwood, Shania Twain, Babyface, Lionel Richie, and many more. Every show is a playground for your senses. See the full summer lineup at visitlasvegas.com. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.